Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, save for the obvious. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. Want to find me on Twitter, you can, at Show. We have so much to address so much to take in from what happened over the weekend. And then one of the reasons we love the soap opera that is college football is the aftermath of uh, seasons, wins, losses, big moments, and decisions that have to be made by the game's most influential coaches and uh, super agent agent Jimmy Sexton. And then, of course, now we enter into the picture with the, the early signing period and the urgency that athletic directors feel. Uh, to get guys in place to try to salvage anything um, that they can uh, regarding these classes. And we know what it's like to not be in that position, right, to be in a bad spot. When you're making a change, like Florida's going to have to make this change and just did, and now we see, you know, we're waiting on LSU and you see Southern Cal and you see Oklahoma now and all these teams, it gets fascinating to watch it play out because you know – that in all likelihood, those places are going to see something of a lost year in recruiting. And Florida State has a chance to take advantage of that. That's the good news as we start the show today. The bad news is, obviously, we just lost to the University of Florida. And that is infinitely frustrating. Uh, but I do think that uh, as, as, as we evaluate the season, you never say 5-7 and seven is okay. But you also don't refuse to acknowledge from whence it came, and where we had to go from to where we ended and where we think this has a chance to end up going into next season. Uh, you know, Norvell is a very busy man right now. There are kids he has to visit, important players, opportunities in the transfer portal. Uh, obviously, you got to go visit recruits. <laughs> i got to go visit recruits. I mean, it is a heady time. And really a fun time. Like, if you're a year-round connected to college football, love it. Eat, breathe, sleep, college football. Always kind of, even when you're in the throes of whatever other season you're talking about, whether it's college basketball, the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, whatever it might be, you're one of those people, in all likelihood, if you're listening to this, and certainly as it pertains to Florida State, I think this is true, you're one of those people that always, you got your eye, on what's happening with college football, because there's always something happening with college football. And you're especially, I think, 
clued in now more than you were certainly at the end of last year's COVID season, more than you were uh, at the, the tail end of the mess that was uh, the, the, the university deciding to fire Willie Taggart and move on, all that stuff. Like Now it's okay. I think we got a glimmer of hope. That's what this season would be coined as or phrased as, a glimmer of hope. There are problems. There are things to overcome. There are a lot of areas of weakness. True. But we saw, uh, I think, to some degree, what they were capable of in flipping the culture, getting the kind of commitment day in, day out to doing things the right way. Uh, you hear Norvell talk about that a lot, right? And and the need to see that day in and day out, week in and week out, game in and game out, even when they're when they're down in the dumps, when they're getting beaten. It, it happened in this game. By rights, and now we'll get into the assessment of this game, by rights I think Florida State could have lost by three or four touchdowns in this game as, as the way that it played. Clearly Florida, and I hate to admit this, uh, the the effect of the little pregame th- skirmish, for lack of a better term, nobody threw hands, but you saw what I'm talking about. Between that, between the way that the chippiness was on display from snap one to how physical Florida was and their overall physicality, which is greater than that of Florida State because they have uh, the means by which to do that. They have better players is what I'm getting at. That was obvious, too. There's a physical difference between the two teams. Um, you, You realize that, golly, that's where we still have to get to. It tells you that Florida was in the kind of disarray that they were in uh, to have the record that they did with those players, because that's a good offensive line. Anthony Richardson should have been developed more through the course of the year by now. He's a physical freak. Now, he's got some ways to go as a passer, but he's hit and miss on that, but he is a freak. They have bigger, thicker running backs. They are better off the, uh, I, I think, better off in terms of depth along the defensive front. To me, this is... I, that Florida team should be a lot better. That's why they fired their coach. That's why they're bringing in Billy Napier. They're an example of where we got to get to and where we once were physically. Got to bring in better players. Yeah, imagine you had a guy like Gamble here with this yeah, offense, yeah, the way yeah, it wants yeah. to feature an H-back. Correct. Like that's, that's the hard part is, you know, all at once you're correct. In the trenches, it, it was clear early. You're like, oh, oh boy. first of all, they care. Second of all, they're better. Those two things happened. It scared me to death in the first five minutes of the game, Tom. I almost texted you, but then I thought that would get annoying because we're trying to lock in. I thought, damn it, they care. They're locked in. And, oh, yeah. by the way, they're physically better in the trenches. Damn it. Right. And and the caring part was always the key. That was the key to the handicapping of the game. That was the key. And, and also the idea being if you get out in front, will they still care? Are they all bark and no bite? We'd never put them in that position. No, because we get hurt right off the bat, because we get blown past off the edges, and you and I talked before the game in our chat that I, I was really worried about their ends, that I didn't think we could block their ends. Right. So what's frustrating, though, on top of all that, is if you played smarter, you might be in a position to win that football mm-hmm. game, despite all those disadvantages that we have. And that was the part that left me with a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. I'm looking at the bigger picture as the game is over because of 0-4 and and what we've done since then and the stability that we're going to be able to show in-state to recruits right now. Yeah, right now. Because the signing period is two weeks away. I mean, that's crazy. We are on the brink of finalizing a class. If it was going all the way to February, I'd be worried more. But I'm thankful that we can end a lot of these recruiting sagas in just over two weeks' time. Yes, let's get to it. But the thing that left a bittersweet taste in my mouth, the bitter part of it, was you know, I thought we were going to be the more composed group. I thought you could bank on that. 
like literally, bank on the fact yep. that we'd be the more composed team. We weren't. No, that still, was shocking. Still have a ways to go physically, emotionally. They they passed a lot of tests this year emotionally. Not this one. They failed this one. This was a failed endeavor. I'm not saying that the overall progress is something to be ignored, but in this game, they failed that test. They reacted to the chippiness. They re, they they fell into the trap that Florida set before the game and during the game, and that is really maddening because they had shown that they were capable of going beyond that time and again. But that's what an in-state rivalry can do. That's where knowing guys, where pride kicks in, where all that bowing up. I mean, this is a game of machismo. It is. It's testosterone-laden. It's football, baby. But it's for the staff. When we go down to Miami next year, tighten that up. you got to tighten that up. You can't let that happen. Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. They failed that part. Um, But, yeah, again, when, when you saw early on that we were not going to get a pass rush, now, Emory Jones stinks, and we've said that week in and week out. Thankfully, he does. Because if he didn't, this is a lopsided affair. He had time to throw. We could not get to him, even with that front four that's been misses, so good. Yeah. 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 No, they had plays available. And they started the wrong guy at quarterback. And, you know, that, that helped. That helped. But when I saw that window where I realized we're not going to get home, that's a problem. And then when I saw we physically couldn't block them, you could have you turned the TV off. I mean, you really could have. I mean, we do this all the time. I get, I'm glad I didn't. I wanted to see how we'd fight. I wanted to see what kind of – and listen, when in, in five minutes when you recognize that you can't block them and you're not going to get home and then your quarterback's hurt, you can call it a day. I mean, it was about to be – so like you said, the fact that it was still a game at halftime, a game even to some degree in the fourth quarter, although – at 24-7, to 7, for all intents and purposes, this was over. Well, at 10 points with five minutes to go, I'd probably go for it on my own 18. I don't care where it is in the field on the fourth and nine. You need two scores. Yeah. I was disappointed by that decision, too. You know, if, if we're going to go for it in, in situations that aren't as desperate and you got back to fourth and nine there, you're telling me you think Jordan's hurt in the moment. That's probably the only reason you punt? Five minutes to I, go. I, I think that's probably what his answer would be there. Yeah, well. It better be because if it's any other answer, you're like, what are you doing? What are we? We got to find some consistency in, in when we choose and pick our spots. Yeah, but I'm going to fix some other stuff before I worry about that because I'll tell you what, that that's a lot of that's desperation stuff. I what, yeah, and I agree with you. I understand. You've got to. It gets complicated when we talk about Jordan Travis. It really does get very complicated. Um, I would bring in another quarterback to fight for the job there. And maybe Jordan Travis uh, just continues to move ahead and, and play better and better and better, and and, and he makes it a a null and void discussion. It's 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 his job, and he wins it. And you 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 know you continue to uh, build your offense around his skill set. Maybe that happens, but he is so injury prone. The first time he gets hit in this game, I'm like really, okay, again, this is going to happen again. Are we always going to have to worry about this shoulder dangling yes. down to your knee? I mean, for the rest of his life, if yes. he falls down some steps or something, are we always going to have this issue? Because it's so ma- it's not it's not me ripping the kid. It sounds like it. I don't mean it to be. I'm talking about dependability. I'm talking about knowing that I can trust something. Now, freak accidents happen. Freak injuries happen. You can get your knee blown out and you could be the healthiest kid in the world. I'm not saying that. But that is a reoccurring injury, by the way. That's the same one that happens all the time with him, with the shoulder. Yeah, no, the simple answer is yes, you're always going to have to worry. Before any game, it has to be a talking point, or at least in the back of your mind, until his career is over. Unless we go through a full season next year and he's the starter and nothing happens. But it would probably take about 12 consecutive games before it, get, it exits my mind. And to your point and where I agree, like, here's where it's easy. Jordan is developing. 
He has gotten better. Yes, he, he continues has. to get better. Mm -hmm. You actually can throw the football with Jordan a little bit. All right, nice. Get some weapons and let's see how much you can. That'll be nice. Get some offensive linemen in here, block it up, and we'll see what, what more he could turn into. That is one development that you could put in a bubble, set aside. The second development is we can't be ass when he's hurt. We can't be less than anything when he's hurt. You've got to have a second solution. It's, I mean, it would be irresponsible to not bring in somebody other than A.J. Duffy to give you a fighting I, chance I if his shoulder is dangling after a drive. You yeah, have to. Yeah, you do, and I, I don't know why <laughs> I get that you were probably screwed either way, but I have no idea why they rolled McKenzie Milton out there. I just can't fathom why they did that. He 100% can't play. Uh, you, you would have been much better off putting Rotomaker out there. They did. He looked better than McKenzie Milton. Right. Yeah, penalty uh, yeah, short-circuited that I'm one. not real sure that he would have gone on to have a good game or not, but at least he's physically capable. Um, I, I just – we fall off a cliff, so you owe it. To the other Absolutely players, you, you do. owe yes. it to everybody else on this team to bring somebody else in to compete, and at the very least, to be a viable backup if somebody goes down, if Jordan Travis gets hurt. Right. You can't be worried about Jordan Travis' sensibilities, you know, uh, yeah. to, to the idea of a transfer well, to the point that you don't give yourself a fighting chance if the kid's not available for at least a drive or two. And you have to plan for that. That's, that's where I think... There's no emotion tied to it. There's no, no referendum no, tied to it. No, no. It's just the, There's no the, agenda to it. The blood and guts of it is you need to be prepared to be without him for a given drive once a game. If you're not, then you're not doing your job properly. Now, he's made it through some games start to finish, and that's great. But when it's a coin flip that that's going to happen, and that's pretty much where we are at this point in his career, it's, it's a coin flip that, that he might not be 100% for a drive, and maybe he needs to be outright sitting for a drive or two. Yeah, man. You've got to plan against that. That's your job. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they do that. It'll be interesting to see what they're able to tap into in the portal because they're they're terrible at wide receiver. They may have 47 guys on the roster that play tight end. I've yet to see any of them that play consistently well. Now, maybe, maybe our boy Jackson West emerges into a player. Maybe. Maybe. He tried to take, or I don't know if he did, yes. but he tried to take an unsportsmanlike penalty along yeah. with half the roster. Yeah. So uh, you got to find a tight end, especially since your offense, if you ever do run your offense, is really heavily reliant on one of those guys. <laughs> um, you got to find a couple transfer portal offensive linemen to come in and play right now. Uh, you got physically manhandled up front. You really did. It was, it was blatantly obvious. Um, so you got problems there still. And then I, you know, we've talked at length about what you're losing on that defensive front. It's a, it, the juxtaposition of feeling buoyed by the season five and seven, as it were, and also the stark realization of all that you have to replace in order to either replicate or, or take the step forward, because replicating is not going to be acceptable. Five and seven will not be acceptable next year. So you're going to have to get to a place where you take a step forward, even if it's seven and five. You're going to have to show me that progress. In order for that to happen, you've got a lot of things to work on here in this offseason, and it involves personnel first and foremost. Yeah, and then the crazy. I mean, this is just a, a bizarre time because you've got some kids that were down to maybe us and Alabama and Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and that's completely on its head now with Lincoln Riley to USC. 
Uh, LSU, what answers do they have? We run on a couple of kids there. Napier to Florida, does that mean some kids are going to outright decommit? What's Miami's plan? I mean, you have so many variables that are happening right now that can lead to two things. You know, our brains automatically go to recruiting, but the transfer portal is real. It's oh, as real as it's ever we been. We just saw. And you've got, but anytime there's a coaching change, it doesn't mean that a kid might enter his name in the transfer portal Oklahoma and follow Lincoln to USC. They might just go somewhere else outright. So you've got to have a staff, and I know we do, and you've got to have a, a method, an organization method of, hey, the moment that this kid goes in the portal, you call me, I'm on a plane, I'm in Las Vegas right now talking to this recruit, but we've got to be able to make sure that we contact him within the first 10 minutes. If I don't FaceTime him, he's not going to put us in his final three. I mean, your head has to be spinning in so many different directions. Well, this is where organization really helps, and this is where they've been really good about this. They've contacted these kids immediately. Every one of the transfer portal kids that succeeded that came here this last year have told the same story, that they were contacted within seconds of their name going in that portal, and that Norvell was the first or second guy they heard from. So that has been the norm here. That's something that you can fall back on and feel good about. Right, but now he's doing in-home visits and flying all over the country because he's allowed to. It's no longer a virtual dead period where you can sit at your computer and just rifle off one, two, three, four. Right, right, right. You have to be so prepared for anything. I mean, you know, LSU could well, make a hire at any point here soon. Miami could make a change at any point here soon. Oklahoma could you know hone in on two or three candidates, and maybe that affects some kids that are committed elsewhere because it's a coordinator or head coach at a different Power 5 institution. I mean, you've got to be prepared for so many variables. It's an impossible thing to cover. It's a more impossible thing to coach through, but at least we have guys like you're saying, at least we have an organization head-to-toe that's as ready for this as possible, but, I mean, this is unbelievable. The Lincoln-Riley news creates so many new dominoes that we didn't see coming that – between now and the early signing day, Jesus, anything can happen. It's amazing to watch. Uh, college football is crazy. It, it's one of the reasons we love it, but it is uh, it is worrisome. <laughs> you just think like, okay, I got a handle on this. Oh wait, they made that higher. Well, that's good. Nah, that'll fail. You don't really know. The Lincoln Riley thing is weird. I would really love to be a fly on the wall to see what happened there. I think this might be as simple as restarting the clock. Now, he had overwhelming success at Oklahoma. If you look at the record, there's by any definition, he was successful. Very successful. But, okay, I don't know. There are a million factors why you would choose, let's say, to leave Oklahoma and not go to the SEC and go instead to the Pac-12 where the path to the playoff is easier. You get to live in Los Angeles, first of all, and he'll live in a nice part of Los Angeles. He won't be struggling on the 405. Uh, he'll be okay, right? So, so you get gobs of money, you get to go to L.A., and you pick your quarterbacks. Right, of which all have been escaping California for years. Clemson, they go all over the place, right? So I could see it. I mean, that's an answer. I, I get it. Starting over, maybe you've grown a little frustrated. You take your defensive coordinator with you, and you ride on down the road. I don't know. It seems like it was obvious for him to say no to LSU and stay at Oklahoma, but I never saw USC coming out of left field there. That was very interesting. Yeah, do you think he chuckled to himself when he was asked about LSU in the postgame? I'm after sure Bedlam? he was relieved. I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. Yeah. See. <laughs> You'll definitely see I'm not going there. Um, so, you know, at that point, he's like, screw it. Uh, now, I would, I would think, while we're having fun looking around the landscape, LSU fans have got to be looking two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, to Scott Woodward right now. Like, hey, man, everybody we would have wanted is off the table. Franklin re-signed at Penn State. Mel Tucker got $90 million to stay at Michigan State. Uh, Lincoln Riley, who we were rumored to be whispering to, and he just basically 
thumbed his nose at us and took the USC job. Now he's off the off the list. Billy Napier, who was in the state and can recruit within the state, maybe you look down on him because he wasn't a Power 5 coach. I don't know what the answer is, why they didn't reach out to him. But he takes the Florida job. It's a good move for Florida, in my opinion. Like, who are you bringing in? I suppose the answer now would be Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane's phone is going to be ringing uh, for, I would think, the job of Coral Gables. But they've got to find an athletic director first, and then the LSU gig. Aranda is going to stick around in Baylor. Like, and that's interesting because the USC opening was there and so was the LSU, and you could tie him to both of those universities. And you would think th- those jobs are better, obviously given what Baylor's about to be in, which is the Big 12 without Oklahoma and, and Texas. And he said no. Yeah, and you just beat Jimbo. So if you had any pipe dream about that, do you really? <laughs> those aren't great optics. I want to read you a quote. Uh, I pulled this up today and put it in my notes because I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to go back and see very specifically – what he said when he was asked about LSU countless times here at Florida State. Oh, Jimbo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here you go. So here's what he said at Florida State. There is no no doubt I do have one of the best jobs in America. This is a tremendous place. The Florida State people have been wonderful to me and my family. It's a great place to live, a great place to coach. We've got great players, great tradition, and incredible history. This is a tremendous job and a heck of a place. I love it here. Quote, unquote, right? Now, about the LSU job, him at Texas A&M. It's one of the best places in America. Oh, sorry. I coached there at LSU. It was a great place. We won a national championship. It was one of the best places in America. It's a wonderful place. I love being at Texas A&M, though, and I plan on being at A&M. And fully uh, and fulfill my contract. I love everything about this place. Let me tell you something. The way this place has embraced me and my family, including our foundation, the things that are going on with our foundation, the way people have embraced it, the way people have done everything here in College Station. I love everything about the people here, the administration here, and everybody, uh, and everybody who's been involved with me here. Very, very similar. Well, quotes. Yeah, the price just keeps going up. That's the thing. You're going to have to make Jimbo say no to $12 million a year, $13 million a year, $14 You know well, what I mean? Like, until he says, stop it, stop it. it. That's what it would take. That's what it would take. If I'm LSU at this point, it's, the question will be, who overpaid more, buddy? Was it the Mets for Max Scherzer or was it LSU for Jimbo Fisher? That, that can be the debate maybe in a couple of days. By the way, lost all this was a lost again. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's what, with him, it's like, that's bad optics. Edo just beat you again. I, 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 I'm fascinated. The uh, musical chairs in the world of college football, uh, we will look directly. Now, obviously, we know what Florida State has to get done. It has to improve the roster immensely, both through recruiting and obviously the transfer portal. So that's next up for Florida State. I don't know that you're going to see some changes. You might see a coach or two move on. I don't know. Nothing earth-shattering. I don't think it'll be one of the coordinators or anything like that, uh, meaning offensive or defensive. But as far as like what happens around us in the changing landscape and how that affects everything, Billy Napier to Florida is something we're going to have to address here, and we will in a second. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Jeff Cameron's show on a Monday. Great to be with you. Hope you are well. 93.3 Real Talk Radio is the station you are locked into, as well as Warchant TV. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on Warchant TV. Some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around. Safety is their top priority, but they don't always have your best interest at heart. At T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction, they believe in doing things the right way, the safe way. Employees undergo regular safety training and are constantly being educated on a new technique and new materials like becoming master metal applicators. Yay! I love that line. Have you considered a new metal roof before? Long-lasting and durable. You're in luck because T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town, period. Call them today, 766-1340. Or get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. Uh, yeah, I, I, forgive me for not lingering in the aftermath of a disappointing loss to conclude the season because in my eyes, the transformation, the fight, the culture shift, the change in uh, the locker room, had already been accomplished. It's not that I'm not angry about the loss or frustrated by it, but it played out in such an an obvious way. And what I mean is not pregame. We didn't we didn't say that we thought we would lose that game. We said I'm not sure Florida wants to play the game. Well, Florida made it abundantly clear they wanted to play the game. And at that point, the other thing that became clear, unfortunately, was just how far behind the eight ball we are physically. And it reminded me of when we were going through the last transformation. Now, we were further along than we are currently, but a set of circumstances were very different. But I remember the Oklahoma game in Norman being down on the field and seeing Oklahoma's players going, oh, no, on the hoof, this ain't good. And we were told, you know, Ira joined us, uh, uh, and, and, and Corey brought it up too, uh, that pregame, for the Florida State people that were there in attendance covering the game, that when they were down on the field, they went, mm, this, this ain't good. This ain't good. That is always a weird feeling. I've seen it happen before. We've all been there. I remember, obviously, in the glory days, it would often happen to our opponents, where if you were down on the field before the game, you'd look at Florida State's players, and then you'd look at anybody else, and you'd go, ooh, unless we turn the ball over, you guys are going to have some problems today because it was a physical mismatch. And Florida State still is in a position right now where against certain teams, they are in a physical mismatch. Now, I need to see that change quickly. That is an area that has concerned me for a while. We were steady going the wrong way. That's what happens when your classes get blown up and you have to settle. So the the, the clay that you're molding, is not. it doesn't come uh, as malleable as you'd like it to be perhaps. <laughs> That has to change rapidly because you really can't compete in certain contests if that's the case, right? And I think you see, and, and yet they did, yet they did find a way. Uh, but a lot of tricks, a lot of angles, a lot of we're going to make do, we're going to have to play this way because we can't play any other way. So when you see people constantly saying things like, well, you got to make more adjustments, well, they can't really adjust too much. They can only play a certain way right now for a lot of reasons. And I keep bringing this up and it bothers people. They can only play a certain way partially because of the quarterback. They can only play a certain way partially because the offensive line can't block up a drop-back pass game. They can only play a certain way because they don't have receivers that get separation. They can only play a certain way because they don't have a tight end that can play. They can only play. So that, that's problematic. We've got to get beyond that next. How quickly they can get there, I'm not certain. That's why I would not predict next year is going to be some eureka moment. I think they'll be better, 
but I don't think they'll be appreciably better. I think they're a seven and five type team going into next year. Yeah, you got to take a look too on. on it, there's the accounts payable and the accounts receivable department in any organization, right? And we got to take a look and see what players are saying that they're leaving the program now that we're done with football because this is when you can start to add slots to your 25. Mm -hmm. That's an important rule, and this is an important time to have a refresher on that. This year, the NCAA has allowed for seven more spots incoming players yes. because there are so many players in the transfer portal, and they're trying to account for that and say, all right, how do we course correct here because we just have this new rule where it's one time, you could go wherever the hell you want, no restrictions, don't need to sit down. So how do we counterbalance that? All right, we'll add seven more spots to the class. But you could only start counting up to those seven if you have players that transfer after the season is over. So now is, is when you need to look at FSU's roster and say, is anybody announcing? Anybody taking their, their notes app on their iPhone and, and tweeting, respect my decision, Noel forever or whatever, and they're moving on? Because I want to take more than seven guys out of the transfer portal. I th that's the quickest way to make an impact next year is for those guys. Travis Hunter is going to help this football team next year. But not all 20-plus oh, recruits no, are. No, right, You'll no. be lucky if five of them do. Yeah. We'll be lucky if five of them are reasonably ready to play right away at big-time levels against the Clemsons and the Floridas of the world and the LSUs next year. You'll be lucky if it's more than five. So you want as many transfer slots as you can have to get to that 32 number with maybe 10 transfers, 11 transfers. That's what it's going to take to account for the guys we're losing this year because guess what? Our two best players are gone off the defensive line, and you've got to be able to replace them not with the guys we have on the roster, but probably with an immediate impact player or two. Yeah, Malcolm Ray took strides, made strides this year. He's he's played play better. He he's going to help you. But you're right. Outside of the roster is where you're going to look to find an answer. There, I love that right off the bat. Michael Langston, Warchant.com, reporting that we're out there on two offensive linemen transfer portal types. A Wisconsin offensive lineman at that. I'm always going to say good things. Hey, listen. You saw just how desperate we were. We took a kid that wasn't going to play a down this year for Notre Dame, and he instantly became one of our most important offensive linemen. So that tells you where we're at. And my guess is that if you could get a Wisconsin kid in here, he'd probably be one of your best offensive linemen right off the bat. So go grab you two or three of those to go along with the group that you're signing, to go along with the progress that you're going to get out of the kids that are already on the roster, which could be very well significant. I mean, it has to be. Uh, they got to get better. Uh, Williams has got to get stronger, a lot stronger. He, at the end of the year, he got manhandled several times. Uh, I hope that we didn't see regression from Scott because of injury, but uh, he wasn't good. You're talking about Darius? Darius Washington? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said Washington's got to get bigger and stronger, yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think, well, let's, uh, what did I say, Williams? I'm at, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 so, sorry, I'm just talking fast. Uh but I, I think Scott regressed uh, as the year went on. That could just be that he was too injured to be able to work out well, consistently. We got to get better on that speed rush. We got to get better on that. Speed oh, they just rush. run right past him. Every That's time. correct. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. I, but again, when you thrust kids into positions of having to start before they're ready, before they're big enough, strong enough, experienced enough, especially in the trenches, then you pay a dear price against the better teams. Period. That's just the way it looked to me every time we faced a team that had grown ass men in the trenches, and we're not there yet. Now, you'll, you'll make strides just because they're going to get older, bigger, stronger. they got a ton of experience this year. Yeah, Schrader, Herring, too. They like both of those kids. We'll see what they can do in the spring. Yeah, we will. We will. 
Transfer portal, baby. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to need a kid who is a bona fide, grown-ass man who has started games in big-time college football to come in here and anchor a couple of spots on this line. That's how you avoid a huge setback, is you get a guy that is ready to go now, walks on campus. The way that you brought in Jermaine Johnson, who walked through the door and became your best player the second he did. That dude changed your season outlook. This would have been a, a disastrous season if that dude hadn't come over. Same with Kier Thomas. You can go on down the line. They have got to find four or five difference makers in the trenches today, preferably in an hour. I'd like to hear about these kids coming in an hour. Let's go. Because that is how you can avoid the for lack of a better term, sort of standing in place, running in place type season yeah, that's yeah. on the horizon. The threat for attrition and, and damage from attrition is, is great right now. I mean, it's it's pretty much critical for your defensive line. I, I, now, I, you could be better at the second level and the third level mm, if you get a couple well, of commits here. linebackers. Yeah. Right, right. And we like what the secondary did for the back half of the season. You can outright replace a few of those guys with the recruits you have coming in. It's easier to play as a freshman in the secondary than it is certainly in the defensive line or at linebacker. But, you know, being better in the secondary next year is only going to account for so much. You could be losing four of your defensive linemen. You could. Well, you really Love could. Love it and Cooper could both go. They could. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I get... So, before we went to break, and we got to take another one here in a second, I mentioned that I didn't think you'd see much change in the way of uh, the staff. Like, they, they want to try to keep continuity. Yeah, I would think so. And... and, and they, for the most part, certainly proved enough in the second half of the season that maybe they wouldn't need to make change. Uh, maybe linebacker coach. Maybe they're in on it. We'll see what the next couple of weeks do in terms of signings. Because I mean, didn't Deloach get better this year? Deloach got better. Uh, I'm talking about in recruiting. They they better get some answers here. That group that's verbal, they've got one right. A couple of others right there. Yep. <laughs> Going to need those guys as well. Yeah. A little convincing needs to be done. Mm. That has to happen because otherwise I'm like, hey, man, what are we doing? We're kind of average out here coaching, and you're not exactly bringing them in. I'm going to need you to get it going. <laughs> that Maybe. conversation will well, have had to have happened. Transfer wouldn't hurt in that particular Whoa, position. Oh, buddy, but... like three of them. I mean, it, it just, it's raining transfers around here. Let's go. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So, Florida makes a move to very quickly hire Billy Napier. Uh, it didn't take long, what, a little over a week, to go from telling Dan to have a good day, you goofy bastard, to uh, bringing in Billy Napier, who is, of course, of the Saban tree. Now, it is also, and should be duly noted, uh, true that several Saban tree guys haven't made it. Uh, one of them coached at Florida. McElwain was a Saban guy, and... Uh, that didn't work out. Didn't work out well at all. So that happens. Uh, I believe if you go down the list of people uh, on that tree, there are several washouts or guys that didn't work out. Uh, Dooley's one of them. There, there are several that we could go on and on. Whole part whole. Uh, we can go <laughs> a lot of guys. So you enunciated those words. I, that's I, I that's did. not allowed. I did. I did. Uh, anyhow, there are no guarantees. 
I think it's probably true if we go down the list of uh, candidates over the years and we say, like, did you like that guy? Did you think this guy was destined to fail or succeed? I've watched nationally as writers weigh in on this subject, and they're pretty much asked to do so. I remember uh, it was uh, absolutely uh, dismissed uh, as a viable option uh, for Florida State to hire Jimbo Fisher and, and let alone to call it a great move. Uh, and I, I can still, I remember holding that over some people's uh, head a little bit there in the industry, uh, who called it an F in some cases. Now, of course, he quickly... It was that, Hayes? Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, and also uh, the other the other Gator um, who, who said something is similar. Uh, I'll, I'll th- Mandel, I think it was, also ripped the hire. And I remember thinking, oh, really? Okay, we'll see. As it turned out, obviously, uh, Jimbo won a national championship and uh, quickly turned Florida State around and got us back to where we wanted to be. Uh, there are other guys that we thought would be slam dunks that... Did not work out. I don't know how it's going to work at Texas, but that's a rough first year for Sark. <laughs> that's a rough one. Uh, now, they did they did get a win at the end of the year there. That, that's helpful, but we'll see. Uh, as far as what Napier brings to the table, uh, he did a good job, certainly, in recruiting. And I think that Florida felt a little uh, spurned by uh, – their previous coaches' efforts in the world of recruiting, so they were inclined to look at a guy that had an approach that uh, was successful at a place like Louisiana and said, okay, plus, you know, he's a guy that has a game plan. He's a guy that has stated openly in interview after interview that not every job was for him. He reportedly turned down other jobs, including in the SEC that he wanted a certain structure in place from the president on down to the athletic director tied directly to the coach. They all had to be on the same page. They all had to see and have the same vision, right? They had to have the same way of viewing how it is you build an operation. So apparently Florida, which is a great job, um, met those uh, criteria. And so you get this guy. The downside is... He's not been a head coach in the Power Five, and we'll see how he handles it because being a head coach in the Power Five creates an awful lot of other responsibilities beyond recruiting, beyond the X's and O's. Um, There are a whole lot of other things you have to do that really probably would sap you of your life. That's why you're paid handsomely to do so, though. It's to go on that circuit, to kiss ass, to shake hands and kiss babies and all that other stuff. The word you said there, sap you, is I think is a great segue because Quayshon Sap is a commit to Florida State, an offensive line commit who was rumored to be visiting Florida and uh, perhaps, you know, muddying the waters of where he's actually going to go. And that was development yesterday and everybody's flipping out over it. And then he tweets out that uh, he's shutting it down. He's a knoll. So whoever talked to him from our university said, uh-uh, no. No, you're not. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to sign here in two weeks' time. Yeah. Why do I bring that up as you're talking about Billy Napier? The reason is I'm on edge. There's a lot of things going on in our region, in the sport in general, that some good things are going to happen to us and some bad things are going to happen to us because of these domino effects. You're going to get on a kid maybe for an official visit here in a week or two that you never would have seen come to Tallahassee without the coaching changes. But then you're you going to be reading a kid. insider yeah. reports because Billy Napier or somebody else in the region hires a coordinator who, had, who has great ties to a prospect that we thought was locked down. I'm not trying to create fear. I'm just saying that's the way it works. Yeah. That's the way this all works with coaching changes. So buckle your seatbelt, man. I'm yeah. just looking through all the, the news that's going on, and I'm trying to find stuff about recruits. 
Well, there's one Oklahoma receiver who put his name in the transfer portal. He's a five-star player, or five-star recruit previously. Uh-huh. People are thinking he might be following Lincoln. Maybe that's the trend that I've been talking about. Is, is a coach going to move from one institution to another and bring a lot of their players with them? Like in one fell swoop, you have a, a new coach and you have four or five skill position yeah. players or something along those so lines. So it creates huge opportunity, but it also, as you correctly know, creates a danger that uh, you lose a guy because of weird ties. You know, you find out that uh, somehow, some way, Napier has ties to uh, uh, Lafayette, Alabama. And right, there's, a, right. you know, there's a guy, well, Woody's from there. And so it's like, oh, well, we could lose him. Now, things are really good on that front right now. I'm not talking about specifically yeah, that no, player. No, 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 no. Just you think, know how the boards go. But well, yeah, yeah. But that's that's what I'm fully expecting. It's just it's so bumpy because you have so many layers to this now. Mm-hmm. Coaching changes in the state, coaching changes in the region. NIL is a thing now. The transfer portal is a thing now. Roster overhaul. I mean, the NCAA football game of yesteryear had no idea. No idea. You had and to go wouldn't through. Wouldn't it be fun to play that game again with this opportunity? With the transfer with the portal. Transfer portal? Oh, oh my, my quarterback's transferring. Well, they did you have a. Bum. They had a transfer section yeah, in the off season, yeah, yeah. but it would have to be like the algorithms. But, <laughs> The sheer numbers. Like, how do you build depth? That was one thing among the several terrible takes they had in the broadcast on Saturday that oh, I agreed with. Please don't talk about that. I, beyond that we're reference, not going I down won't. That road. That was. But appalling. they were talking about how do you build depth in this era? It's really difficult to do so. Everybody's always looking for more playing time. I uh, will find it fascinating to see what is going to happen at the University of Miami. They won going away against Duke. Dude ends up winning six of seven or whatever it is, and yet you get the sense that he won't be back. Uh, so who now do they hire? And and also, you know, I tend to be encouraged by a place like LSU having to make the change and still not having done so, can you go pluck some of those linebackers? Can you go right, pluck some right. of those players? Like, and is there somebody from Oklahoma that you could grab who's now disgruntled, like in particular at linebacker? Because by the way, well, how about Riley, Marvin Jones Jr.? Yeah, Lincoln Riley just took his defensive coordinator with him to Southern Cal. There's no reason for you to go to Southern Cal, young man. Let's go. What are we doing? So, yeah, hold your breath. This will be a fun two weeks Longer than that, but yeah. Oh, well, we're all Lou Holtz. Damn, bringing the head cold. Oh, man. my goodness gracious. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Short segment here, but to note, that is a win for the Pac 12 for the first time in a long time in anything that matters, getting a coach. Uh, to go to USC with the high-profile nature of Lincoln Riley and what he'll do for them in regards to bringing in quarterbacks is unquestioned. He will immediately do that and likely keep some of the in-state talent there that's been cruising out of that state for a long time. Uh, in-state, that has that's helpful. Uh, I wonder what else we see. You know, We talk a lot of times about the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, what we're looking at in terms of these changes, the Big 10, with them doubling down and keeping coaches at Michigan State and Penn State. But uh, Crystal Ball's name continues to come up, and that would be who I think Miami is making the greatest run at. Although, if I'm Cristobal, why would I leave Oregon to go to Miami? That is not a situation that I would strongly desire. Although, then again, he has ties and loves the place, so maybe he would. Maybe he would do that. Um, then again, he was a name that originally was going to be sort of dangled out there for the Southern Cal job. A lot of people thought that was not a good fit. What might be a good fit for a guy who can recruit is, I don't know, LSU. I would leave Oregon for LSU, and his is a name that uh, could pop up here any time now. 
Well, there's domino effects to that for Florida State, too, because a couple of guys, namely a five-star wide receiver, mm-hmm. likes Oregon and likes us. We like our chances. We would like our chances even more if Cristobal went to LSU, unless he brings in a position <laughs> coach with a five-star like more. <laughs> Here know. we are, man. Yeah. This is this is finally, though, this is where it gets fun, because for Florida State, the early signing period was never a thing. We never got an opportunity to take advantage of it. Never got a no. chance. There to- was one year with Willie. We're kind of, sort of, but not really, because we lost so much that we knew there was no impact. There's momentum here. Yeah. The number one overall player in the country is, I mean, he said it ten different ways. He told Michael on Friday night, Michael Langston, that he might play a receiver here. He expects to play receiver plus defensive back. So you got real reasons to hang your hat and be hopeful for this program. But now we're experiencing the bumps in the road that come with the early signing period and a staff that's continuous, staff that's on the road. Thankfully, in a position to yes. take advantage. It's like being to liquid. To get more yeses. It's like being liquid, Tom. There's this investment opportunity, but you got to have cash on hand. Well, that's us right now. We've got some cash on hand. 877-CASH-NOW. Sure. Let's hope that, in fact, we have what we need. You see all this disarray, this convoluted mess around you? Sea of tranquility here at Florida State. Right. Everything is beautiful. Hunky-dory. We know where we're at. We I know mean, where we're headed. Quite literally, when we fired Willie, we had a structured settlement, but we needed cash now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where we were. Uh, hour number two forthcoming. Ira Chappelle will join us in that hour of WarChant.com. Good times. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio.